Men of low moral fiber. Choo choo choo. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is how I saw episode two. What kind of movie you talking about, man? <laughs> okay, so let's move seamlessly now. And I'm Kurt Reynolds. Dirty then. Uh, <laughs> Do <laughs> we need to give a parental advisory for this? Clicking furiously on my mouse. Eat the paella. All right, everybody. Let's get swifty. That was cool. That was fun, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that prides itself on being too hesitant to pick either the light side or the dark side of the force. And it's actually the first ever plaid Jedi. Yeah, plaid. That's right. Uh, we train in the very lonely Plaid Valley. All of our lightsabers are just leftover trombones from defunct 90s ska bands. Uh, and our only Jedi power is skanking, which is not what you think it means, probably, I think. Anyway, uh, on the plus side, no one's ever tried to kill our dad. So so we got that. Uh, and actually, you know what? Now that I say it out loud, we might not be Jedi. Uh, but yeah, I'm your host, Ben Helms. And with me, as always, the Jan to my Kyle, the K2 to my Cassian, the Bach to my Jarek, my big bro and co-host, Jason Helms. How you doing, man? Uh, I'd never say Bach to my Jarek again. Um, Bach to that, my Jarek. Although that does feel like a ska dance craze. Um, speaking of... <laughs> Bach, Bach the crude. All right, everybody. Bach to my Jarek now. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of, I uh, I was having a dance party with my three-year-old, and it turns out that the only dance I know how to do is skanking. Uh, so I was, okay. I was just skanking. That's a crazy. violent dance. It is. It's a great way to burn some calories. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, today we are talking all about the 1997 classic Star Wars action-adventure game, Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. Not Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight, and not Jedi Knight 2 Dark Forces. It's Jedi Knight colon Dark Forces 2. So we'll get into kind of the history and why it's that way, and I don't know why it's so confusing. But anyway, uh, Jay, did you play this game in the 90s when it came out? I don't think so. I remember having a lot of friends who did. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. why I didn't, but I'm pretty sure I did not. Or if I did, it was just on a friend's computer. Yeah, to me, it was just kind of, I knew Dark Forces. We played that a, a bunch of times as kids. And I knew Jedi Knight. I never played any of the Jedi Knight games. And I didn't realize that they were the same franchise until we started we started mapping out all of our games. But yeah, today, we're going to talk about all about the history of the game, the development, then get into the gameplay, play some What's the Beer, What's the Song. Then we'll talk about what, what else we're playing besides just LucasArts games. Uh, and then we will talk about next month's game. So Ben, now that you have played it, yeah, uh, feel feeling good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so many hours of just grinding with that controller keyboard. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> confession time, right at the yep. top. Yep. Uh, I did not play Jedi Knight: Colon Dark Forces two at all. A, a wink of it. I tried to download it three or four weeks ago. Oh, I guess a month ago now because this episode's coming out a little late. And I tried on my old PC. I tried on my brand new Mac. I tried on my old Mac. I, I tried all sorts of things. You and I sat down. We screen shared for a while. We troubleshooted. I even messaged the guy who made the port for the game from PC or the, the DOS box version or whatever, uh, or the, the wine version. What was it? Paul the Tall. Shout out to Paul the Tall. Paul the Tall. Yeah, shout out. He, he did say, I will get back to you. Unfortunately, after he wrote that, he never got back to me. So we never got it working. Uh, I did spend six plus hours watching an entire uh, YouTube video uh, or videos. It was like all 20, all levels, right? Yeah. Uh, which went through the light side and the dark side, plus every single secret spot in the game. So I feel like I know the game very well. The only thing that I do not know is how it controlled, right? Yeah. Uh, I so think I, I had a better experience very, than you. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I saw someone who was very adept at playing this game play through the whole game. So I've, I've got a good feel of the game. And I started feeling really bad that I didn't play this game. At the end of the day, though, I realized this podcast doesn't exist so much. Like, we don't pride ourselves in being able to be really good at these games. We pride ourselves in... We don't really pride ourselves in much. <laughs> the, the goal of this podcast for us is to really say, this is what this game was. This is its place in history. This is kind of the amount of fun you can expect to have while playing it. Or That's kind of the main thing. So I feel like I got a good handle of that. Yeah. Plus... You played it, so I didn't feel like I had to. Yeah, and you got to see somebody who was really good at it play it. Um, I did yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, I had to watch myself no, play it. because you had to watch unfortunate. play it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. Ben, because you didn't play the game, we traded off, and I know nothing about the history. So, so Ben. I love it. Tell me about this. I, I, let me interview you. Uh, it, there, was a, there was Dark Forces. Uh, it was great. I loved it. You loved it. It was one of our favorite games that we've played. And so I think that that leads naturally into the sequel. Yeah. What were what are maybe some things we didn't see coming if we just say uh, great game? Uh, of course, we're going to a sequel. So let's set up kind of the the world first, and then we'll get into the development. So this is after Return of the Jedi, right? Dark Forces. It kind of goes parallel with the with the original trilogy. You start out, you're yep. stealing the Death Star plans. It's like the Rogue One timeline, which is not yep. canonical anymore. Uh, and and you got Jan Ors instead of Jin Ursa. Right, so, right. And you're playing as Cassian, crazy. basically, even though your name is Kyle yeah. Katarn. You're Rogue Mercenary. You stole the Death Star plans for the Rebellion. And then you do like a Hoth sequence, I believe, is the second level of the original Dark Forces. And then just about everything else is after Return. So it's basically when Disney bought Star Wars, Rogue One's version is like the new, it's the canonical version of how that happened. And I think Kyle and Jin might, or Kyle and Jan might be dead mm. now. I don't know if they, they might bring them back. The first yeah. trailer for uh, Rogue One. When I saw Cassian, I was like, yes, it's going to be Kyle Katarn. This is going to be amazing. Yep. Yep. But Diego Luna is a much better version of Kyle Katarn than, than the, the live action sequences of any of the Dark Forces games. So I'm kind of glad. Jin was much better than uh, yes. Kyle Katarn also. Yes, I guess so. A little bit. Anyway, so just think. I mean, next time you're watching Dark, uh, Dark Forces, <laughs> it's going to happen a lot. Next time you're watching Rogue One, though, when Jin Erso, Cassian Andor... When they're on Scarif and they're jumping across the big chasm to steal the old CD-ROM drive, codenamed Stardust, that includes the plans to the original Death Star, just know that that was all retconned by Disney and was originally Kyle and Jan doing all the dirty work of the Rebellion, okay? Even though Jan and Cassian are much better and cooler names and better characters and better actors, just just know that they weren't the first, okay? Anyway, we can move yeah. on, Yeah, get into the nerd stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's set after Return. I think one year after the end of Return of the Jedi is when Dark Forces 2 is set. Uh, and the plot is basically, correct me if I'm wrong, because there's a lot of cutscenes. A lot. Your dad gets killed by a bad guy, Jarek, a dude that has no yep. eyes. And you have to avenge him or get revenge. Yep. Or, yeah, basically, you have to like track down Jarek. Yep. Although it took me a minute or two to figure out that that was my dad. I don't think it was till he went back to his home planet, Captain Ron, uh, to check things out. That I was like, "Oh, that's oh, like, okay, yeah. I get how that's connected to this story." Yeah, his name's Ron, by the way, which is Ron. hilarious every time. R A H N, the Jedi spelling yeah. of Ron, not like Ron Swanson or Burton. What's your Jedi spelling? I think it'd be more like B E H N. I think like similar to Ron. Dang, <sighs> you're 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 actually a Star Wars character. I forget that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you know, I thought this. You story. don't mean old Ben Kenobi, do you? Oh, there you go. Oh, that old wizard just lives beyond the Dune Sea. Anyway, so uh, on your way, pretty quickly, you, you start on your Jedi path, which is, I think, the coolest part of the game is the idea that you can pit, that you become a Jedi, right? It's the first game, yeah. I think, where you could be a Jedi. And you're not, 
And we're sorry, it's the first game where you train and become a Jedi. Because there were the Super Star Wars games and all those before that you could play as Luke or play as right. even Darth Vader sometimes. But you were never becoming a Padawan to, you know, this is before even all the, the prequels even. So there was no Anakin, any of that at this point. So pretty cool idea. Uh, and as you're going through the game, depending on if you kill innocent bystanders or not, it's kind of deciding whether you go dark or light side. That's the main determining factor, uh, as well as where every couple levels you get Jedi stars to place in your Jedi power list. Where, you know, like for force mm-hmm. grasp, for invisibility. I forget the official names of them, but like jumping and speed and all these things. Uh, as you're building your character, if you and there's a dark side to those abilities and a light side to those abilities. The light ones are passive, the dark ones are aggressive, uh, just like any good Jedi yep. canon. So depending on where you invest those, you can choose to be either light side or dark side of the force, which I think is a really cool thing, especially for 1997. Uh, Jay, yes. did you go dark or light? Oh, I went light. Yeah, I mean, I think the Completely. game works out better. I think I'm guessing like 80 plus percent of the people who played this game picked light. It seems like, you know, your dad is a Jedi. You're avenging him. The bad guy is he's not Sith, but he's dark side. So it makes sense, right, that you would be going towards the light side just naturally. Uh, Kyle Katarn in Dark Forces is obviously a good guy, but yeah, I think I would have picked Dark Side pretty quickly. And as soon as I finished the walkthrough, the six-hour walkthrough or um, playthrough, I definitely went through and looked up all of the Dark Side cutscenes, which are pretty cool. But yeah, the, I think the coolest part is the is the end of the game, and yeah, a few other parts towards the end of the game that are totally different cutscenes, uh, and which I was shocked by because there was so much for 1997 for a video game production value put into the cutscenes. It was all live action. Uh, and if you went to the light side, like a nerd, then you get to like carve your monument out of like your, or carve your dad out of a monument, carve a monument out of your dad. No, the first one. Anyway, sculpt. you get to sculpt your dad into like a big mountainside in Jedi Valley or Valley of the Jedi yeah. Ron, which was actually pretty cool. Like the idea of carving yeah. something out of a, of a lightsaber. The actor who plays Kyle is so bad though. It's so bad. Cause after, after he carves that in. He just has this weird self-satisfied look that I swear, like you can see his eyes saying, cut, did we cut? We good? We got it? All right. It's bad. It's really bad. It's it's rough. Uh, And if you're a cool kid and shows the dark side, then you become the emperor. Yeah, that is pretty A little better than carving a picture of your dad into a wall, I think. Yeah, Uh, you're right. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Anyway, so that's the overall stuff. Sorry, spoilers, I guess. Anyway, it's not canonical, so it never happened anyway. Anyway, <clears throat> development was led by Justin Chin, same guy that led development on uh, original Dark Forces, uh, and he's just kind of a LucasArts vet that uh, is now actually an executive producer at Telltale with Tim Schafer, which is pretty sweet. So all these all these LucasArts people just get recycled, and they all still work together. It's pretty awesome how, like, a, what a small world. We've been doing this for two and a half years now, and it feels like every time we see a game, I recognize half the names in the credit list. And I'm sure they don't all still work together. That's in this. You know, there's probably a reason that it broke up. And uh, that person doesn't get invited anymore. Yeah, thanks, Walt Disney. We genuinely don't know who it is, so don't think that we're winking here. It's, it's Ron. We all, it's not Ron Gilbert. R-A-H-N Gilbert. R-A-H-N Gilbert. I'm going to go start my own company. No, that's the thing. They all started companies at different times. So again, we don't yeah. know who it was that did this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Peter Chan uh, was also one of the primary writers and designers who's Peter Chan. You may know him from such works as being <laughs> the king of all things, Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert, uh, your yes. monkey islands, your day of the tentacles, your full throttles, your grim fandangos. That's all Peter Chan. He's just the man. Uh, just everything he touches is beautiful. 
And by the way, in the uh, in Rogue Leaders, the story of LucasArts by Rob Smith, the book that we just keep talking about every single month, it seems like uh, there's a bunch of Peter Chan artwork on every other page. Yeah. It feels like, and it's oh, it's, it's so good, beautiful. We've never never seen yeah. it in games. It's just kind of sketch storyboarded stuff. Some of it's actually like finished artwork. I would love to have posters of. It's beautiful. Yeah, him and Steve Purcell get a lot in that. Yes, book. yes. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, definitely. I I, th- I always think of Steve Purcell. Besides Sammy Max, I think of him as doing the covers. These like yeah. beautiful uh, p- painting covers. And Peter Chan is a lot Monkey of Monkey Island. Peter especially. Chan. I think of again. This isn't me saying this is what how it worked. Peter Chan is just a lot of the backgrounds in game, and animations in game, as as opposed to like the the big posters and stuff. Yeah, uh, and then of course, no '90s LucasArts game would be complete without the dulcet tones of Sir Peter McConnell, who did all the the composing and scoring and music by. So of course, paying a little bit of homage to John Williams throughout this game, every level, which is pretty great. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a lot of modal notes. Lot, not enough modal nodes, I will say, though. Not enough modal nodes. <laughs> I like my ladies like I like my nodes. Modal. Modal. I don't, I don't know what that means. Cool. Moving on. The idea of using force credits or force stars, uh, which I thought was cool. That was something I did not expect. That wasn't a part of Dark, uh, the original Dark Forces at all. Uh was inspired, apparently, by RPG games, as Rob Smith told me. RPGs in the 90s where you're like building your character and you have a say in how your character is built. I thought that was a cool thing to kind of steal from RPG games and bring to a first-person shooter, which still today, a lot of first-person shooters, I guess in the last four or five years, Call of Duty Battlefield, you can build up your characters in different ways, but that's 20 years later, right? That's still becoming kind of a new thing. So One thing that I thought was really interesting about this, uh, especially thinking of coming out of Dark Forces, is Dark Forces was originally supposed to have Luke Skywalker as the protagonist. Uh, and they went away from that for a couple reasons. One is, as you know, with creating games in which Luke Skywalker is the protagonist, uh, it's tough to tell new stories with him. You know, he's already got a pretty well-defined arc. So you can retell stuff from the trilogy, but putting in new stuff doesn't always work real well. And the second part is, if I remember right from our research on Dark Forces, they had a lot of trouble getting the lightsaber to work and trying to figure out how the Force would work. So they held a lot of this back for the sequel. The disadvantage is, from, as far as I can recall, I don't remember any reference in Dark Forces to the fact that Kyle Katarn, is, his dad is a Jedi. Ron. And, and I feel like that's a that's a big reveal. Like, just, yeah. a, just a quick note that says something about, you know, hey, Jan, I just found out. I, yes. My dad's a Jedi. Check out my metachlorians. They're off yeah. the charts. They're off the charts. Off the chain, Jan. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Although I, I think because it was a new character, there were a lot of restraints within like who could be Jedi at that time and how much can we just say like, yeah, we're a Jedi and we're going to run with being Jedi and this is how it works. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think the biggest thing was the technical difficulty of wielding a lightsaber. And what the, I mean, it, the difference between Dark Forces and Dark Forces 2 graphic wise is huge. The, yeah. the whole 3D engine, the surround sound. I mean, everything just looks beautiful. Sounds better. Uh, yeah, it's it, this is also the time when people were like just starting to build gaming computers and not just starting, but like when they were becoming big, like we knew people that had Travis, right, had a gaming like station, right? It wasn't just like, oh, this is his office with his computer. It was this is his office with his computer in his apartment. But also he had like a 5.1, not in his living room with his like big screen TV, but like in his com- like next to his computer. Yes. Remember yes. sitting in there and playing what was the game with bullet time? Uh, uh, Max Payne. 
I think it was Max Payne. So maybe that was like a few years after this. But Max Payne. One, I want to say. Yeah, he it's only four or five years after. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So th- th- it's just a fascinating time that doesn't really. Ha- I think most people use headphones now. Quick, I don't know why that's not correction. as big a thing. Um, yeah. I actually had my wisdom teeth pulled that weekend. So I'm pretty sure he built my gaming computer. I'm not sure how much I helped. Just Akira and Travis building your computer. That sounds right. That sounds cool. right. Cool. Um, by Thank the way, uh, speaking of the connection to Dark Forces, I just texted you an image of Kyle Katarn from Dark Forces so you could see one of those cutscenes. Yes, I was going to text you that image like an hour ago. Okay, he's 40. Yeah. Right? This is not the same person. And that's one thing that frustrated me is I really, really liked Kyle Katarn from Dark Forces. Because he's he's Han Solo, right? He's like an yeah. old grizzled version of Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's Han Solo's Which, by the way. uncle. Han Solo is an old grizzled yes. guy. Yes, yes, exactly. And he's an older, more grizzledy guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so having a Kyle Katarn that's like a young twenty-five-year-old guy that's like he's Zach Morris, basically, like discovering that his dad was, a, or he didn't discover his dad's a Jedi, and he's like, I guess I'll be a Jedi too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, rough. It's guys. it's weird, and he's also too old to be playing some of the stuff he does in Dark Forces too. Too old to begin the training. Yes, exactly. He's way too old. Will to he remember the what he Luke was too old. What's this 30-year-old who thinks he's 19 doing? But I've learned um, so much. No. No. <laughs> there is another. Man, come on. <laughs> was I any different when you taught me? Everyone right, was different done. than Kyle All right. Sorry. Everyone was feelings. Kyle Katarn. Oh, man. So, yeah, we talked a lot about the cutscenes of uh, the original Dark Forces and how they included Star Wars filmed props for the first time since Return of the Jedi in 1983. So, 12 years later. This game was the first lightsaber footage filmed since 1983 as well which i think is just a really cool nerdy fact and i'm not even sure why i typed it out and i think they're clearly not aware of all the videos you and i made with uh Lego. <laughs> exactly. uh, so i don't know how that happened i mean the props look so bad in this too this is... <laughs> again they should have called us in we got lego experience this was rough anyway uh dark forces 2 sold 150,000 copies in the first like two months it was out it earned millions and millions of dollars it's it eventually sold a quarter of a million copies by the end of the year, and it was the 21st best-selling computer game of the year, and it came out in September. Wow. So it ended up, wow. yeah. So That's a good Three point. or four months, it cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, critically, really well-received. Cutscenes being much more impressive in 1997 than they look now. The idea of having like live action footage in your game was pretty impressive for a PC game back then, uh, for any type of game back then. Uh, and I think now it's looked at as, as being a pretty big negative. It definitely like pulls you out of the game. Yes. Uh, yes. And yeah, I think back then the biggest ne- negative, which again, this is on you as far as you have more expertise than me in this. Oh, okay. I thought it was my the, fault. The level. No, no, no. It's, sorry. Yeah. It's the level design. <laughs> which is not my fault. Good. When I, you did not design the level, uh, contrary to popular belief, Jason did not design this game. Let's stop that rumor now. Let's just squash that rumor. Jason designed the whole thing. Yeah. So it's just the cover design that Jason was had a hand in. But uh, it, sorry, let's back it up. Um, uh, I, the guy that I watched play this game all the way through knew where he was going all the time. And then when I'd see him click switches and hit remotes and get keys and like jump up to things and down whatever, like he knew what he was doing all the time. And I was constantly asking, like, how does he know where to go and why he's getting these keys and where to use the keys and how many times to press this button? And there was never any like cutscenes or directions in the middle of levels to tell him to do that yeah so that looked like it would be very frustrating if i was actually playing it is that correct i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree i actually really liked the level design for the most part dude okay now, okay I've, I've seen many people actually critique the level design on this and there were a few places that i got stuck we can we could save it for gameplay if you want 
Yeah, it, it was weird. As it went on, you started to understand the logic of it, and and you started okay. to find the switches more quickly and be like, okay, I get where we're oh, going. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, All right. So, that's yeah. good. That's good. So we won't just bag on that. That's, that's good to know. Uh, but yeah, I ended up winning a bunch of awards, PC Gamer, well, all these different gaming magazines for Game of the Year. I won a bunch of uh, first-person and action game genre awards or came in top two or three. So definitely one of the biggest games of the year uh, and one of the quickly became one of the most critically acclaimed games ever out of LucasArts. Uh, just definitely one of those kind of genre-pushing games for sure, especially for LucasArts, a game or a company that was much better known for those classic click-and-point, slow-clicking adventure games. Uh, and then they came out with a pseudo-sequel Mysteries of the Sith only came out like three months, four months later, which is an expansion pack released where you can play as Kyle and Mara Jade, which is kind of a famous expanded universe character, uh, which, again, you can only play as the light side. Unfortunately, I kept looking for like in the sequels to this game in um, Jedi Knight 2 and in Mystery of the Sith. I looked up if you could play, you know, pick up and be like, do you want to be light side or dark side? But no, it just kicks you back to the light side in all of them. Uh, hmm. And I think in Jedi Knight 2, you start out like you've. Basically, you're Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, where you're like, oh, I gave up on this whole force power thing, this whole Jedi thing, and you have to like get back into it. But yeah, yep. we'll definitely be playing Mysteries of the Sith, and we'll be playing Dark For- or uh, Dark Forces 3. It's not called that. Jedi Knight 2. The naming conventions are terrible. For it's this so, so rough. Um, by the way, uh, I'm excited for Mysteries of the Sith because Mara Jade was one of my favorite characters. I remember in that old uh, Star Wars fighting game, which someday we'll have to play again. I don't even remember what that was called. Masters of Terrascasi, which is mentioned in Solo. They mention no. it. She like uh, no. Kira takes down oh. the the guy who's like drooling a bunch, right? The whole time yeah. on Kessel. Yeah, and she's like, he's like, oh, where did you learn that? And she's like, oh, Dryden taught me that. He taught me some Terrascasi. I always called wow. it Masters of Terrascasi because it sounds more sci-fi. But apparently, Amelia Clark calls it Terrascasi. Anyway, that was the as soon as she said that, I like turned over to Rich and Nick. I was like freaking out. I was like, I played oh, that game. Dog. I played that on my PlayStation and I freaking loved it and nobody else liked that game and Jason wouldn't play with me and I loved it. You could throw your lightsaber and you had a bowcaster. It was awesome. Anyway. Man, and now back. that entire game is Masters of Terrace Castle. Every time that we died when we were fighting Darth yeah. Vader as Mara Jade. Like, that's all canon. As Mara Jade? Um, and yeah, she married Luke Skywalker at some point. So, um, that's not possibly cannot Luke, Luke his clone. Uh, oh. True story, everyone. True story. Alright, should we get into gameplay? Let's do it. Let's do it. Man, now I want to go read all the Expanded Universe. All right, let's get into the gameplay. Sorry. All right, let's do this. So, the gameplay. Jay, why don't you lead this section? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll take over from here. Yeah. Um, Game watching, I'll take that when we get to that. This game's pretty fun with frustrations. Um, nice. It's accurate. So, uh, okay, I, w- I like I want to go into some depth in some areas, so I will try to do that. But overall, um, this is a really, really, really fun game. And I think everyone who has a PC should go buy it on GOG. And people who have a Mac could consider buying it on GOG, knowing that there are some workarounds that can let you play it, and we can link to those. Uh, Paul the Tall has a great website. They did not work for me. And they don't work for everyone. Uh, and they did not work on multiple computers for you. So, yeah. 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 Your yeah. mileage may vary. Uh, but if you can get it to work, it is a worthwhile way to spend four flights as you're flying to various conferences uh, in the last couple of weeks. There you go. There you um, go. So let's do this. Let's start big picture stuff, and I can start with my like overall notes that I noticed. 
And then we'll go through all 21 levels, not one by one, but we'll go chronologically and you can kind of pick out things you want to dive into. How's that sound? Yep. Sounds great. All right. So overall, I thought the overall story, as much as we backed on Ron and whatever, pretty compelling, right? The idea that your dad is killed and you have to go chase down this evil Jedi guy. Uh, The idea of being able to use the force in a game as like a first person thing. Yep. Really, really compelling and very intrigued by that. I thought that was really cool. Every single time I saw the guy use it. Um, the, the idea only force powers that I used routinely was the force jump. Well, no, you didn't grab things that were far away. No, oh. uh, I I could never quite get it to work, and, yeah. and I all, honestly really never got a handle on the lightsaber. I know that if you're moving a certain direction, it cuts differently. For me, it just felt very haphazard and very key mashing. Mm-hmm. That may say more about me though, because again, I love the slow clickers. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that might be a slow clicker thing. Yes, or a yeah. fast oh, clicker and, thing. Or Force jumping, though, was super yeah. cool because you're literally jumping so high um, that you often get hurt when you land. Yeah, so make um, sure you don't do that. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of a, <laughs> a cool effect to be able to jump that high. Um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the whole idea of your av- avenging your father or having daddy issues is just a classic Star Wars trope at this point, right? That's what everyone does, apparently. So yep. well well played. Uh, the cutscenes. Should we get into the cutscenes? They're rough. Oof, they are rough. That might be um, all we have to talk but about. Let's, let's talk about a split that you noticed that I think is really true, which yeah. is uh, when you've got live actors, that's when it's really bad. Yeah. And when it's full CGI animation of a ship, it's really good. It looks cool. Really, really, really good. It looks very, uh, yeah, much better than the actual game. And I'm guessing just the amount of money that they threw into the cutscenes with the live actors that, you know, they're still fairly new at this. Um, now this would be a you know multi million dollar production sure. at the time definitely not so yeah uh, and then the whole idea of Jarek as a character I thought he was intriguing other than the actor who played him I thought it was a, a cool bad guy the idea of yeah. having to beat his like seven dark lords which are the seven yeah. big bads throughout the game every three or four levels yeah. uh, it feels very validating right that's like you get to a boss and you do a couple levels you get to a boss very video gamey but also just kind of that combined with the amount of weapons Kyle gets to use. Yeah. I thought two cool, fun video game things that, I, you know, the weapons were dope. They, they reminded me of like almost like in-app purchases nowadays or like, you know, how there's like those little tiny like, hey, we'll throw you a bone every five minutes. So you keep playing our game like addictive behaviors in uh, in mobile gaming kind of thing. Yeah. It reminded me of that. Like, oh, we'll beat this bad guy and get that like dopamine rush. And then a couple couple levels of slogging through frustration. And then you get to beat another bad guy and you get another small force power. I was like, oh, that's that's feeding my brain just enough. Yes, uh, endorphins or dopamine, whatever it is, you know, just just enough excitement to kind of keep slogging through. It's microtransactions yes. for people with longer attention spans. Yeah, because you're you're not getting them every five minutes. Right, it's every right. hour or two. But uh, but yeah, they're, when they come, they're really good. Yeah. And the weapons. Um, when I target, so I ended up using uh, the repeater pistol the most, uh, and one of the reasons I liked it a lot is uh, that I got it on an earlier level. Um, mm. Because I discovered a secret, I swam underwater Ooh. for like a long ways and almost died. Nice. And at the end of this tunnel, I found a repeater pistol. Oh. I was like, "Ooh, now I got this thing!" That's awesome. Um, and like saved it and used it occasionally. And it was like two levels later, you get it, and you're frequently getting ammo for it and everything. But just to get it a hair early feels really good. And there were a lot of weapons like that where you, you unlock it, uh, you get it in a certain place, and all of a sudden it's really valuable for you. Um, for instance, in an early level, 
you can discover a uh, Keldragon. Is that the right? Yeah, Keldragon. Yeah, you can find a Keldragon in like level six or seven. Mm-hmm. And you've got like no shot of beating it. It's just an impossible monster. Yes. yes. And then you've got to kill one in the second to last level. And so uh, by the time you're up there, it's actually, it's not that tough of a battle. Like you, you see it coming and, and it works out. But the leveling here is really good in terms of uh, you learning new skills and picking up new weapons. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the whole idea of pacifism with mm. the light side is something we've talked about. Uh, I think we talked about it in our solo pod last week yeah. on Overthink. Uh, but it's, it's something that always intrigued me, the idea that it's not just like, oh, good versus bad, like G.I. Joe's and Cobra or whatever. It's, it's very much like different philosophies. Yeah. And, and it, depending on your personal philosophy would kind of lead you down either way, which the whole idea when, when you fight Yoon at the very end, he's like, oh, kill me now. And you just kind of let him go. Yep. And that helps him turn later. Yep. Uh, I thought that was that was a cool idea. That was a cool twist that was just kind of like, yeah, we're going to stay true to what Jedi are. We're not just going to make this guy a killing machine. And also the the whole idea that if your mindset going in is I'm going to be a dark Jedi because yeah. before the Sith, then the idea of going around and just killing all of these officers and stormtroopers and killing Yoon and all these people is much more dark and bloodthirsty seeming, even though you're doing the same exact actions. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. still just like, yikes, this dude's killing a lot of people to avenge his dad. Yeah. But if it's light side, it's like, yeah, he's doing the right thing. He's getting his, you know, he's avenging his dad. Yay, this is great. It, it's I, funny how many random stormtroopers that you can murder. Yes. Uh, and still be on the light side. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's fine. Come on. They're just clones. Yeah. For the most part. Except for. They don't F- have souls. Just, just F and 2187. Everyone else is clones yeah. and John Boyega. Um, levels. Do you want to get into some yeah, levels? Let's, let's walk through it. So, right. um, start out with a couple uh, bounty hunter style levels uh, before heading home, and th- those ones are just to kind of get you in into the feeling of playing the game. They're pretty long for you know tutorial type levels, but they're solid. They're they're fun. Um, nothing to write home about yet. Uh, you mentioned I, I'm just looking through your notes because you took really good notes on every level, and so you mentioned uh, that when you get back to your childhood home. Uh, a couple of things he said, uh, that th- the house is huge. It's huge, dude. And then he said, acid Lake, this game looks exceedingly difficult. And like, I'm looking <laughs> back at that level. I'm like, no, that's like literally one of the easiest levels. Yeah. And I remember wow. at the time being like, wow, this game's really tough. Well, you had to get like a red key and a yellow wrench and then a blue wrench. And I was like, oh, this is maniac mansion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With shooting. With shooting. Yeah. Not enough shooting in maniac mansion. You need to work. Yeah, on that's that. so true. So true. Uh, then you get a lightsaber in your dad's house, and you can practice with it. And um, you, you don't use it much. Mainly, I used it to open uh, grates uh, and then f- to fight bad guys occasionally. But I, I did not use it th- for battle. I, I tried that out for a little while. I was like, ooh, I can deflect shots. And I do it for every fifth shot. And you know what? I'm just going back to a blaster because my Kyle uses a blaster. I have something for you. Let's retcon this episode already. <laughs> can we do that? Your dad is not Ron. Okay, thank you. Okay, good. Uh, Ron's black, first of all. Okay. <laughs> if I'm remembering this from the very first scene. Yeah. Uh, not the, Hey, we could be adopted, right? You could be interracial. Right. I'm not saying right. you can't. That couldn't be. No, I thought that too. And I, I thought that Ron looks nothing like your dad when you remember right. your dad. What's the And he has the little hologram. Your dad is Morgan Katarn. Okay. The, the your, disc. your dad is Dime Store George Lucas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Here's the intro to the Morgan Katarn's Wikipedia page. Morgan Katarn was a Force-sensitive human male who was close friends with Jedi Master Q-Ron, a leader of the Rebellion, and the father of Kyle Katarn. Wait, who's the father? Is that all? Who's, is he Morgan? 
Or is Q so, Ron? So who is Ron? He's a friend of Morgan's. Like, other than... Okay, so? Like, did Kyle... Did I miss a cutscene? Where Kyle's like, oh no, my dad's, a, like, not quite a Jedi, but he's got a lightsaber in his house somewhere, and also his best friend Ron just got killed, and I can feel it, and so I'm gonna go be a Jedi? Like, it, I feel like I missed a ton. During his childhood, Morgan often used his Force power to entertain his younger sister. He became reluctant to use the Force power, or the Force, however, when a Force push led to him accidentally, oh, led to the accidental death of a bully. Should, should I have read the manual? There's a whole, dude, Morgan Katarn has a huge backstory. Wow, here's a part, here's Morgan's head on a spike. This gets dark, guys. So let's bring it back. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. So your family home, Acid Lake. Uh, any? Yeah. What else do you want to point out? What? No, I gotta know who's Ron. Like, what's what's the? No, you can't just what's, just get us back. What's the? Hugh the Ron was a human male Jedi master native of the planet Sakaro, who okay. served the Galactic Run for years. A great Jedi purge began. That sounds cool. Uh, Ron went into hiding, evading numerous Imperial Inquisitors. At some point during the purge, Ron visited former Jedi Yoda, from whom he learned the secret of living as a Force ghost after physical death, elevating Ron to the rank of Master Yoda. Jedi Jericho in the Valley, in order to harness his power, probed Ron's mind. Where's the connection to Kyle? I just need, and then Ron sent an AIM message. Mor- Morgan Katarn, a farmer, yeah, stumbled upon the valley sure. of the Jedi. Kiron found him when he was searching for the valley. Yep. And before he could actually get to the valley, Jarek probed his mind cool. and killed him, and then he went after Morgan Katarn. Okay. We got it? And Morgan Katarn is Kyle's dad. So then Kyle heard, ah, they went after my dad. Yes. He went home. Yes. And then got tangled up in all of it. Yes. God, I, I don't think that the cutscenes were that subtle, but man, I missed something. A lot of subtext, man. There was a lot yeah. of that. We did. I think it wasn't the acting was bad. We just didn't get it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We didn't get. I it. think Kyle was winking in Morse code. This is gonna be the worst episode to edit. Following Yoda's teachings, Ron continued to live as a Force ghost, appearing to Kyle Katarn and instructing him to stop Jerick, right? At the beginning of every boss, you're like, the whatever twins are a scary duo. This guy's fast and this one's big. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Ron also appeared to the youngest of Jerick's dark Jedi, Yoon, guiding him toward the light side under Ron's guidance. Katarn killed Jerick and freed the souls of the Jedi trapped in the valley. Yoon also played a part by giving his life in order to save Katarns. All right. One, I didn't, I I did not notice that Ron was talking to Yoon. How would Uh, I know that? That must have been in Yoon's cutscenes for a different game. <laughs> That's a different game. Uh, and two, uh, Yoon's death really pissed me off because uh, he really didn't need to die. No. He no, no, steps no. in the way when Ceres is about to kill Kyle. And then when Ceres is like, well, why'd you do that? He, he's he's a Jedi. He deserves a fair fight. Okay, just say that then. Well, I think she, he like takes the blow that would have killed Kyle. Yeah, yeah. But literally, you proved your point. If she's bent on killing Kyle... She'll just kill him. Otherwise, you could have just said that before she's going to kill Kyle, rather than waiting till the last second so it's dramatic. Like, yeah, that's true. It's one thing to be like, persuasive. either fight him or kill me, but that wasn't the option. It was, right. I'm dying. Can you please fight him? Yeah, it was like, okay, I would have done that. Right. Like, all you had to do was say it. I don't think she was opposed. She's like, yeah, sure, I'll fight him. Oh, that that's sounds a good great. call. I didn't I like think fighting. about it that way. Thanks, Yoon. Um, <laughs> God, come on. Fair. All, all right. right. Sorry. Keep going. Uh, Baron said, I thought it was a really cool place. Very Mos Eisley-esque. Yeah. Uh, a very expansive, like most of these, but 
you know, you have Grands and Tuscan Raiders just beating up people you get to save. That's pretty sweet. So, yeah, Baron's Head was confusing. Um, I got, yeah. that's the, I think that's the level where I had to, to look up my first walkthrough hint. Because uh, yeah. I just got stuck in a place. I was like, where am I supposed to go? And it was crawl under a broken timber in the back of a room, and then there's a hole there. And then yeah. you go down, and yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. of the level opens up. Speaking of that, how many secret areas did you discover throughout the whole game? <sighs> I'd say seven or eight. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Every time you discovered them, I was like, that's impossible to find. No one will ever fun. find that. Once, cool. At first, when I would see like zero out of six secret areas, I'd be like, oh, geez, where are these things? Because I'm pretty sure I went over every inch of this level just trying to find a switch. Oh, that's true. Uh, okay. I didn't think about it that way. And then by the end, I was finding at least, you know, one or two a level uh, okay. with, with some regularity. All right. Yoon, lightsaber fight uh, at the top of an elevator. And <laughs> your comment on the video. Well, that was easy. Um, my reaction is, no, that's not true. That's impossible. Uh, Possible. Oh, man. I couldn't. As soon as we would get to lightsaber duels, I would just be like, I think after about the fifth time I died, I just looked up the uh, cheat codes and I was like, health. Okay. Oh, health and wealth. Nice. Here's the health thing. And I just, that's the only cheating I did, but every lightsaber duel, because I just couldn't get it. I was like, yep, I'm just more health, please. Saving health. Save. Good. Go. Yeah, that's fair. I got better. But woof, it was tough. I'll send you the link to the walkthrough I watched. I'll just send you the link specifically to Yoon in that level. Because yeah. he's just like walking around and like slices him twice. It's like a two minute level. Oh, I'm sure I only hit him like once or twice. <laughs> oh, okay. But I he's also was, going like invisible and I'm stuff. Just yeah. Terrible at it. Yeah. All right. So Palace Escape was actually super cool. The whole kind of into the dark palace, that whole kind of range inside the palace, uh, going up to the roof. Sneaking down around the back, dropping through air vents. That was a cool looking level. It was that was when I texted you and said, um, "Do you remember that Dark Forces introduced height into first person yeah. shooters into maps?" So with, right? Yeah. So with Doom, one of the quirks of the original Doom is that you could never walk above a space that you could also walk. Uh, in other words, there were all the levels were two dimensional, with some of the areas raised up a little bit, but you could never go under that area. Right. Uh, because there had to be just one continuous surface. And so uh, Dark Forces introduced that, did some cool things with that. Jedi Knight goes nuts with it, and it's awesome. I mean, some of these things, you are like a mile up in the air. And it feels like that video game logic where it's like, oh, okay, but if I fall 10 feet, you'll just cut to the cutscene where I fall and die. It's like, no, you're going to fall for a couple hundred feet before that happens, because yep. this level is hundreds of feet tall. And you'll be going yep. over the same things over and over and over as you wind your way down this tower. Um, yep. And it, it was a really, really cool level design. Uh, I, this is one of my favorites. I'm If I, again, I didn't go back and listen to our Dark Forces episode. Maybe I should have. And maybe I'll listen to this one next time we do uh, Jedi Knight 2. But I think one of our biggest negatives was it felt really linear. Yeah. And because it was. It was a very tight game, very Doom-like in that way. Just like, yeah. go down this, go down this. There's not a lot of exploring. And this game, I think my biggest one was it feels way too big. So, which is not a complaint as much as it is an observation, right? I, again, because I wasn't playing it, I don't know necessarily how lost I would get. And it seems like you didn't get as lost as I, I would think you would. Right. But it definitely was not as linear as Dark Forces. And I think in a good way, right? Yes. And um, in Dark Forces, the switches for puzzles seemed arbitrary. And like... Okay. Yeah. I, I always love the idea of imagining a stormtrooper trying to get through this and being like, okay, so I've just got to jump the moat, press the switch, jump right. back... God, my commute is hell. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
in this, they all made sense. You know, the, the palace, especially because you're going through it the wrong way. Like if you had a, an imaginary, you know, key card, you could go wherever you wanted. Oh, like you're you sneaking in. That. You're yes. trying to find like windows and stuff to jump. Yeah. Through. So you go through the air vents, you're climbing around the building. And at one point you have to jump from one tower to another. And the way that you do it is you get to this one air vent that pumps huge gusts of air at timed intervals. Yeah. And then you just jump from that at the right moment when the air will push you across to the other tower. And then you land and climb around again on a really, really tiny ledge, which is, it feels like it sounds like it, it's difficult, but the difficulty is very fulfilling. Uh, it's really sure. cool to feel For like sure. you did that thing. I can't imagine. I mean, it's amazing that this was done by the same person, Justin Chin. And I'm sure obviously there's a team of dozens of people behind that, but that he's the main guy in both the games because they're designed totally differently. And I wonder if a big part of that is just the technological difference, yeah. right? Going on basically the Doom engine to this thing, which is this big 3D engine. And it's yep. just this broad, sweeping, giant. I mean, when you first see the dark tower or the dark palace, yep, it's gigantic. The first time you see a tie bomber or an ATSD, and you're on the ground or an ATAT, even you get to see later in the game, they're huge and they feel yeah. very lifelike in that way. And it's just it never feels like the levels are constrained by the technology, which is a really cool feeling, or yeah. really cool feeling to never get, I guess. Yeah, and and the tie bombers are legit bombing you. They're not just scenery. Yeah, um, they're, they're cool looking. I mean, they're yeah. flying around overhead. Um, all right, so fuel station launch, another epically long level. Okay. This, you, you wrote, this is a maze, and it absolutely is. Yeah, this is one of the larger levels, and you get those cool um, monkey mechanics? I don't know who those are. Uh, uh, they're Ugnots. Ugnots, okay, cool. That's and they're, they're innocent, right? They don't, they don't hurt you, right? No, I think I shot one and was like, oh, sorry, bro. Oh, Bad. sorry, dude. Um, Yikes. Yeah, they're Ugnots. And then I killed another with a concussion rifle because they've got splash damage. Cause, um, yeah, because concussion up, like, rifles hit everything. But you get to kill all the tra- the Trandoshans, which are like the Bosk lizard characters. That was great. Bosk. All right. So then uh, 8088 uh, and then uh, Gork and Pick, which was, oh, Pick was rough. The Brothers of the Sith. Yeah, oh, Gork is this was is this like giant? He's a force sensitive Gamorian, like the Gamorian guard in Return of the Jedi. The guys who are um, Jabba the Hutt's like pig faced guards. Yep, uh, and then his twin sidekick, who is my favorite character in is all he, of Star is, is Wars, is he Salacious Crumb, Kowakian Monkey Lizard. This guy's yeah. Pickaroon Sea Boodle. All of the Kowakians <laughs> have the coolest names. The coolest names: Salacious Crumb, Pickaroon Sea Boodle. I want to go to Kwakia, and I want to meet these monkey right. lizards. P- Pickaroon is as obnoxious as Salacious Crumb, uh, just yes. in his fighting style. His yes. fighting style is jump really high, yep. move really fast, and also occasionally disappear. And by the way, I, I'm two feet tall, so you have to be looking down if you want to swipe at me. Yes. Yep. Uh, so that that fight, I had that took like an hour of yep. just the most obnoxious hour of my life. Nice that you get to just pick up AT-88's head at the end, though. Right. And you you toss it on your droid friend. Um, yes, that's right. He uses it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's what this game could have used though is is a a droid sidekick or Jan hanging out more. Not and this game had a lot, so I don't want to just like or if Jan was actually more involved rather than just the beginning to end of every level, that'd be that would be yeah. cool. More Jan play. Yeah, if you more could play as Jan for a couple Jan. levels. More Jan. Uh, this game needs more Jan. More Jan. 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 All right. Jan. Jan. Anyway. Jan. So uh, then you go to a cool uh, Grand Canyon type level. And again, the 
the puzzles start to make sense. You've got to take down some kind of barrier so you can get through. You find another Jedi, and then there's the moment where you really turn dark, and you either kill Jan or you don't. Uh, Either way, Jarek responds the same way, which is, well, have it your way, then I'll destroy everything. Um, I'm not sure why he responds the same way, regardless of what you're doing, but fair enough. The ship is falling, you're inside the ship, and it's the toughest level ever. I actually did pretty well on it the first time. I just missed one switch and had to finally just go all the way back after spending 20 minutes on it and just being like, I, it's too stressful. Uh, the ship is blowing up constantly. It's too yes. stressful. I yes. got to go just find out where the switch is that I missed. But I think if I were 12, I would have beaten this and had a lot of fun with it. It's a, it's a cool level that annoyed me a lot, but a really cool concept. Yeah, it is a really cool idea. And in the hard level, or the, if you do it on hard difficulty, you have a minute and a half to get out of it. Yeah. 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 That feels about right. That's insane. Ugh. That's insane. All right. Ah, um, so then you fight Saris, probably my favorite lightsaber duel of the entire thing. That's when I started to feel like I had my own lightsaber style. Uh, nice. She had her own lightsaber style. It was kind of a cool deal. Uh, lots yeah. of jumping, but in more Jedi ways than just obnoxious ways. And then back to a very, very long level. A very, very long level of climbing all the way up. So that you can, in the very next level, descend into the valley, climb all the way down. Yeah, so you climb up the outside and then, like, descend in the inside? Is that the idea? Right. Yeah, and they make sure you know every inch of it. It's still kind of cool. I kind of like it. It's a little bit, you know, Lord of the Rings. Like, you get to see every single step of the journey. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, you're killing stormtroopers and random guards and stuff along the way, so. Yes. But th- yeah. this was probably, I think these couple levels, 17, 18, 19, were the ones that I was just like, this is, this is not endless, maybe not endless, because it, it was definitely some different terrain along the way, but very confusing. There's some very yes. confusing rooms and passages and things where you have to, like, go all around and hit certain buttons in certain orders. I was just like, this would take me hours just for this one room it felt like but did you ever get stuck that long in any area like that not here um so the uh this is when i finally started to feel like i was doing good at it um okay tons and tons of switches but again the logic of them started to make sense it took absolutely forever It was a huge level but you start to get through it and you feel really good by the end of it and then i got to level 19 and i was seriously like oh i cannot handle that there's one more level before the end and level 19 was probably one of my favorite of the game oh nice uh and so it really is a nice payoff that, that moment when you're getting kind of tired of flipping switches especially random switches yeah uh you you get a puzzle with this pulley system and a dumbwaiter that feels really really good uh and you wrote in your notes it feels very indiana jones and the fate of atlantis i was i was about ready to get some more calcum beads and start just like putting them in any slot i could find yeah i'd say it makes more sense than those puzzles uh oh, cool especially the Oracalcum puzzles. Um, but yeah, that was a really fun one to figure out and, and to get it to work. Uh, one of the things you do is uh, when you get the dumb waiters to work based on a series of switches, uh, you then run across this gigantic 40 uh, ton block of stone with a rope hanging from it. And if you pull out your lightsaber, you can cut the stone. And in one of the cases you can make it so you can fall to your death oh, nice. uh, based on that. And so that's, it's kind of fun. I kind of love that. Yeah, well, he's in the in the walkthrough. He's like, "Yeah, here's the dumbwaiter thing. Here's a rope in the middle. Do not shoot the rope. Yeah, you will not be able to do this if you shoot the rope." I was like, 
Wait, will you not be able to complete the game, but you won't die? Like, what happens yeah. if you shoot the rope? I was not able to shoot the rope. Um, oh, okay. I okay. tried shooting it a bunch. You can cut it with a lightsaber, but basically once you get in a position to cut it, you won't screw up the game. Gotcha. Like, okay. you'll, you okay. will have to go back through and push some switches, but it actually makes it so at least the level is open to do that, so it's still solvable. You know, I think something that I'm figuring out just now for the first time is we have... I guess we have fast clickers and slow clickers, and this would qualify under fast clicker for sure yeah. with the fighting, the shooting, the aiming. But w- with slow clickers and adventure, classic LucasArts puzzle games, Day of the Tentacle, Fate of Atlantis, that kind of stuff, I feel like every single thing gets used, especially for the older stuff, right? Because there's definitely some red herrings and stuff in the, in the newer stuff. We'll, we'll play Curse of Monkey Island. Chainsaw, Chainsaw Fuel. Yeah, and not even like the obvious red herrings, but I mean like there's there's paths... Like not every, even in, I guess, uh, Secret of Monkey Island, not every single thing you pick up, you use. Right. No, sorry. That was LeChuck's Revenge. Sorry. Not every single thing you use. So there are some, I guess those are red herrings, right? Because in Secret, you use every single thing you touch. In these games, they just seem so expansive that I don't know. I'm overwhelmed that it takes me a while to kind of understand and kind of process everything before I can accomplish anything. And in those old adventure games, I'm like, oh, okay, go around and pick everything up, right? We always talk about that's the first thing we do in all these adventure games. Right. And you can't really do that in this game because you would just be doing it forever. In fact, the whole idea of stormtroopers regenerating, yeah. right? The fact that they, you, you can literally sit in rooms in this in a bunch of these levels and just literally fight forever. Yep. And, and it's kind of fun. It um, can be fun, but also but I think yeah. I would... Part of me is like, I'll, I'll wait here until the stormtroopers stop coming, and yes. that way I know that the game is telling me to move forward. Yep. And that, but this game does not work like, work no. like that. So. No. And they don't, not all the stormtroopers regenerate. Uh, there's some specific moments where they respawn. But yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, okay. I want to know what you thought of the final ba- battle with Jarek, because the strategy there was so baffling. This is a place where I had to look at the walkthrough, and then when I finally did, I went, okay. Now I'm going to imagine 12 year old me. Would I have ever beaten this level uh, if I hadn't yeah. walked through? Like, it's pretty opaque. So, so what was the strategy that you saw? Even when I saw the guy do it, I didn't understand completely when Jarek would like push the two statues and they would start to yeah. come together. I know if they yeah. got together, they would plug up the bubble wind tunnel thing. Yep. And so he had to go press the buttons to make them stop doing that. Other than that, he just kind of sliced and- him and sliced him and sliced, and then used like his ability to see or whatever when we go invisible or whatever. Yep. Like he'd use defensive techniques like that, but otherwise he just hit him with his lightsaber. Yep. And every time Jarek goes to the tower, he regenerates. Gotcha. I wasn't getting that. Okay. Okay. So, and the way that you stop him from regenerating is that's when you push the buttons. So when you push the buttons, not only does it prevent them from going to the center, but now he actually doesn't get the power when he regenerates. So you go back and wow. push the buttons, fly up to the center of the tower. So you got to push him real fast that he doesn't get to regenerate much. Oh my gosh. Push the buttons, run up the middle, fly up to the top, and then hit him while he's you know not doing anything. Then lure him away from his healing area because now the things are, are reset. Wow. Uh, and then fight him for a while and then try and hit him a bunch as he's running to regenerate. Yikes. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Took me probably four or five regeneration cycles to get him. Jeez, yeah. I think it'd take a lot more. Man. All right, so you did light sides. So you ended with carving your dad into a big rock with a lightsaber. Sure. Yep. Right. That's pretty natural. Uh, why did you do light instead of dark? Just because it was kind of more natural to do that. Yeah. I. Yeah. This happens to me with games a lot. When, whenever I'm given the choice in a really obvious way, I tend to choose light. And yet, if it's a game I'm just fooling around with, I kind of end up going dark. Like, in the sense of, like, if Grand Theft Auto gives me an option, I'm going to make my character a pacifist. Right? But right. if I'm just playing Grand Theft Auto and... 
kind of between levels and like just fooling around, I'm just going to blow a bunch of stuff up and yeah. just murder people. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah sure. And so it's, it's a weird kind of dichotomy there of whenever the choice is actually presented to me, I will choose the light side. But if I don't notice it, I'm totally evil. Right. Right. And in a game like that, or like this one, if you choose the dark side, like you have to do bad things to progress. Right. And then like, obviously Grand Theft Auto, there's a lot of the missions are like, go kill this person or go rob this place. Like you, you can't be a pacifist to accomplish a lot of the stuff in these games. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I think my, I, I would agree with that. I think more so though, I, I would pick the dark side because I, I want to find the limits of these games really quickly. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I know it's trying to make me be, and, and just also being a, um, a little more contrarian. I think I, I, I want to do what the opposite of the game says to do. And especially if it's like, if it gives me the option, like, yes, you can do this, but we probably want you to be good. Then I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll be bad then. And like, let's see how far we can push this until the game breaks. And it, the game is definitely not as good. If you pick the dark side, like there are cutscenes that are cut yeah. shorter, the ones that are just like cut out of the game completely. And the only thing that is better is the ending, which surprisingly pretty dope. Like you carve your dad into a rock. That's the good ending. If you choose the bad one, you're the emperor. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was I really enjoyed watching that that video. Yeah. And you're, you like pick up your little hologram projector thing of your dad and you just crush it. And that's yeah. how the game ends. <laughs> so yeah. dark. Sorry, dead dad that I just avenged. Maybe you didn't avenge him. We just like I guess you avenged you avenged his friend Ron, oh, not yeah. your dad. That's true. I don't know how he died. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the actor who played Kyle was much better in the dark side. Yeah, brooding. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He yeah. was made for that. For sure. All right. Any more gameplay stuff? Now let's get into the beer and the song. This game's pretty fun. You with frustration. When I was all done, I just had to. All right, I'm going to go first. Do it. Because you always go first. I went with, my beer is Pliny the Younger, not Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder you can get anywhere in California, some places in Oregon and Washington, uh, which is an IPA. It's beautiful. Pliny the Younger is a triple IPA that's released one day a year. In February, we can go in. You have to wait in line like the night before at Russian River in Santa Rosa, California. Uh, and I've never had it just like this game. I've never experienced this beer, uh, but I've read about it. I've talked to people who've tasted it. I've read reviews of it. Uh, I have yet to taste its glory, though. So someday I hope to eventually, maybe the next time we're together, I'll be able to play some of Dark Knight uh, and just like we'll be able to taste plenty of the younger but yeah it's definitely the you know i've heard it was amazing just like i've heard plenty of the younger was amazing but haven't quite experienced it yet well then i've got a little surprise for you i want you to walk over and open your fridge right now <gasps> what? because i'm so glad that you weren't uh, taken in even for a moment because that would be such a heartbreak uh, i do have in my fridge though waiting for you there's a little kbs oh i love me some kbs yeah i've never had it so next month when you're oh, out here i didn't realize you'd never had it. well you've had mine I've had your KBS clone. Yes. 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 I've yes, never yes, had yes. real KBS. They had it at Bedford uh, the other day. Man, we're going to have a, a couple of beers that I, I've never tried or uh, that you've had my clone of, uh, but not the original. Yeah. KBS. Uh, and we'll have some Pete Monster too from Compass Box. Some mm, whiskey. Good time. All right. Anyway. My beer. What's your beer? Uh, is a beer that I would never want to make because let me tell you about it. It's called Xiao Yu. Uh, and sure. it is a Spanish beer from Baladine. Uh, is a living top fermented beer, which, after being exposed to the air of the Longa area and resting for a long period of time, 
becomes a new and unique product. They do a uh, solarium. What I don't remember what it's called. Uh, the way they make sherry, which is they just leave it uh, solera. So they they they, uh, they just leave it open to the air. That's for not a really solera. Long time. No, solera method is when you have a bunch of barrels or casks or whatever they're going to be or, or, or fermentation things where. You slowly you age them all differently. So you take one, you take all of the youngest one, and you take some of the second youngest one, and you pour it this one. And then you take some of the Got third youngest it. one, and you pour it in this one. And you have this like big chain of different aged. Got it. That you're I all sharing. think they do that with sherry, and that's just not the yes. part of the sherry that I'm talking about. You're right. They, they do it with balsamic vinegar. That's kind of the most yes. famous Solera method. Got it. Uh, and sherry can sometimes taste like balsamic, and Xiaoyu has Fair. some of that to it. All right. All right. Um, it is uh, a really weird, uh, unique, interesting, complex beer. Um, I had a a bottle uh, to finally celebrate and just uh, say, you know, I've been staring at this bottle for over a year at my local beer store. And we went out and we, we said, you know, we're going to get this bottle of Xiaoyu for 40 bucks and sit down there and drink it and enjoy it. And it was wonderful. Uh, but after like four or five sips, you're like, wow, a whole bomber of this, huh? <laughs> Anybody else want in on this? What does it uh, taste like? Who this? There's a lot left. Uh, it tastes like a beer that tastes like a sherry, uh, like really, really dry and like, syrupy, like Lindemann's kind of thing, where it's like very cherry beer. No, you know, no, no, like... no, no. Uh, much more dry. Um, much more. Ugh, it's in a weird way. It might be like the opposite of Lindemann's in that it's like thick and dry. Hmm. Okay. Um, like a gosa. <sighs> It's tough to describe. It, it's like a barley wine. Wow. Um, All right. It's like, a, it's like a barley wine that has been left out. Well, maybe we'll have to get one of those when you're out here too then. Uh, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Right. Cool. Uh, so, so that's what um, what Dark Forces was for me, or uh, nice. Dark Forces 2. It was fun. Uh, I could handle it in, uh, you know, hour or two sittings. Sure. Uh, but if I tried to play for more than an hour or two, I, I, I was definitely, you know, needed to play a different game. Sure, sure. All right, tell me about song? your song. Oh, I will go first. I will go, and I would say my song is more of an album, because it is an album. <laughs> and that is Sergeant Pepper, Sergeant, I can't even say the name of it, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. That is the worst name to an album ever, but it is on everyone's spin, Rolling Stone, whatever everyone's top 100 top 500 top 10 albums of all time this is always in like the top five right and i've heard plenty of the songs on it i've heard whatever lucy in the sky with diamonds i've heard the sergeant pepper song good morning good morning i don't even know what other songs that maybe that's it wow geez uh but this is not one of the songs that has a million singles off it like a lot of beatles albums but it's one of those it's a very collective cohesive singular singular album uh, but I've never sat down and listened to the whole thing. There's probably eight of these 14 songs that I've never heard, wouldn't be able to place. Uh, and it's just, yeah, I, I, I'm just not a Beatles guy. I think that's a big thing. But I'm also like, oh, then you're a Stones guy? No. Oh, you're a Dylan guy? No, I don't like any of those three bands. You just don't like music. I'm that's not a, fun. Not yeah, everyone does. As you can tell when you know when you listen to this podcast and all of the songs yeah. are written and recorded by me, I'm not yeah. a musical guy at all. Not so I don't understand what that is. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'll just like go watch a YouTube video of some someone listening to it, and I'll I'll get it then. Right <laughs> there, you go. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a I'm a little bit more highbrow than you, sure, uh, and that's why I chose Amish Paradise by sure. Weird Al Yankovic. Naturally, naturally, right? Okay, because um, it's really corny and dated and 
I'm assuming problematic. Uh, it's been a long time since I've heard it. I'll just because it's based that. on a song called Gangsta's Paradise? Yeah, yeah prob- and I don't know. Probably exactly. some issues there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just guessing. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. Uh, but at one point in my life, I really, really liked it and thought it was great and didn't think too much about it. Uh, we had, and it's we also had the, not a song that's going to take itself too seriously. That's true. We had the tape. We did have the tape. Definitely not the CD. It was interesting. Weird Al went through Reading a couple weeks ago, and the amount of people I knew that were like, oh, I can't do something that night because I'm going to see Weird Al. Wow. Like, blew my mind how many people wow. that I know that, like, their stock in my brain just, like, tripled or whatever. I was like, oh, I yes. like that person a little more. I was so sad. I thought you were going to say plummeted. And I'm like, no, yes, yes absolutely. No, we they saw Weird Al person. a million years ago at the Civic Center, I believe, and we're in. Wow. Probably when this it game would. came out. But anyway, wow. been a long time. Forgotten that. Wow. Love that, man. All right. So we got to talk about what else we are playing. Dude, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This game is two weeks late. And it's that way because both of us have been in and out of the hospital. My, two of my three kids have been in the hospital. Uh, I'm going into the hospital soon. So, like, there's a lot going on with us and medical issues. Everyone's good now. Everyone good yep. in your house? Yes. I'm all good. No more norovirus. No more stitches no, no, in, no in our more house. Norovirus, no more all stitches. good. Uh, so, I, honestly, the game that I've been playing has been watching this game. Like, trying to find yep. the eight hours to, like, watch and, and research this. Uh, but besides then, I guess it's still NBA 2K18. I played a couple games here, in our, like individual basketball games the past couple weeks. And I started a little bit. The only other game I've been playing besides Dark Forces 2 and NBA 2K, Cinco Pass. I've been uh, dude Polvejado M, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It means oh. sprinkled in a little Cinco Pass into my life. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice, thank nice. you. I had to look up some Portuguese there. What, what do you think so far? I'm not at the stage where I like it yet. Yeah, but I'm understanding a little bit more, kind of how I could eventually like it. <laughs> yeah, it is a game that cycles through. There's a period of not liking it, then there's a period of liking it. Or this, for me, okay. period of liking it, uh, not liking it, period of liking it, and then a period of being like, I think I'm over it. But fortunately, oh. that period of liking it lasts a really long time. Nice. Okay. Like, all right. I have played, I'd guess ten to twelve hours of it. Um, I'd say at least that. So maybe more. I I really don't know, uh, Mike. You talked about it for months. Two hundred and forty something levels. Real uh, points. Okay. How many levels would that be? Uh, It was in ten levels, or maybe or ten games. So sixty to wow. Okay. Yeah, sixty-five levels, something like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think it was ten or eleven games. Yeah. Yeah. You start to figure out different strategies. It's it's. Now you you got me wanting to play it like right now just talking about it. Um, it's really <laughs> and then fun. you cycle back again and you. Like oh, it again. I, I think it's a game that's going to haunt me and that I nice. that I kind of won't ever leave. Nice. Um, so yeah, all right. But what I've been playing instead is a game that really haunted haunted me. Syndicate. Wow. I am so back into this game. Wow. Nineteen ninety three, I think. Um, Jeez. God, it's so good. You played this game. So this is maybe the first game you were ever obsessed with. It was, and it is currently a buck fifty on GOG.com. Well, I'll buy it right now. Go get it. Should I buy uh, it? I never played yes. it. I just watched you play it. Well, here's here's the best thing about it is the missions are like five to ten minutes, and it's like eighty missions, so you can sit down and play for like five to ten minutes. Wait, so get... Syndicate Plus, Syndicate Wars? What are we doing here? Syndicate Plus. Okay, so I could play it and keep going. Sorry. Yeah, you can you can play it in these little five to ten minute windows. Uh, you know, you're not like 
committing to an hour or two. So sure. I sat down and beat like two or three levels while my kids were napping. Oh my gosh, this game's so bloody. Oh, it's so great. This guy's head popped off. It's so great. Yeah, and <laughs> Syndicate. And I, I didn't know what that word meant when we played this. You and I should chat later. Okay, basic plot of it is you control some kind of syndicate, some kind of gangster union. Um, and you well, slowly take kind over kind of like an Amish union. Yes, very much like it. Uh, you slowly take over the world, and so every level is a different region of the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you discover um, each of them has a narrative about how um, you know our boys are want to move into this new territory, and so we need you to go in and take out the syndicate, or we need you to go in and persuade a scientist. And so you get this device called the Persuadatron. And when you've got it on, if you walk within a couple feet of someone, they will mindlessly follow you like a zombie. Except it won't work on like cops or uh, rival syndicate agents until you get a mob of like 20 people that are following you around. And then the cops are like, what? What are they doing? Yeah, I'm in. Sure. <laughs> uh, and once you get a couple of cops. It's all of so a sudden, dark. All of a sudden, the rival syndicate members start to join in. Like they oh. run up to you with a gun shooting at you. And by the time they get up to you, they're like, so what? Yeah. What are yeah, let's go here? shoot some dudes. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down, bro. What a dark game. Um, oh, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it's it's one of those games where the mission. No, 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 no. Yeah, released June sixth, nineteen ninety three. Twenty five years ago today. <gasps> Hooray for Bullfrog! Wow, the wonderful French game developer. Happy anniversary. That's insane. I should I should get you something because you've changed my life. And you've you you brought such joy to me again twenty five years later. Wow! Happy birthday, everyone! This is great. What a great thing to find out. Wow! Well, I'm tweeting about that tonight. But yeah, so the levels are really fun. But what's more fun is this kind of GTA style, just messing with things. When you realize that you can go around and persuade literally everybody in the town, and just start making them walking in front of cars, right? Uh, because you walk in front of a car right in front of them and they're a little bit slower than you wow uh making them stand on the train tracks until the train runs (gasps) oh i just saw a picture of the car i don't i totally remember those cars and those trains oh my god this is gonna hit all your nostalgia buttons enjoy this yeah okay and you were how old when it came out i was seven when it came out. seven you were seven oh jeez you're a horrible oh should not have let you watch that but i the, the the first time i beat syndicate i played it with michael conrad and we played it literally all night Wow. I was tw- 11 years old. Stayed wow. up all night. And we beat the whole game. And I remember my eyes hurt because I'd never looked at a screen that long. But we got really good at it. And it's the kind of game where you actually want somebody in the jump seat, like talking over your shoulder, being like, no, 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 down there, yeah. down there. There's a lot happening on the screen. All right, let's yeah. get out of this game. Let's move on. What are we playing <sighs> next month, Jay? Syndicate. Uh <laughs> playing Syndicate. What are we playing the month after that? Syndicate. Uh, syndicate. That's, that is my life yeah. now. All right, cool. Um, all right, so time to talk about next month's game. Yes. All right, so next month's game is going to be Battlefront 2. Oh, uh, I'm so excited. I'm psyched. I have already played yes. this all the way through. I'm going to return to it. Uh, and I, I've got a good compare and contrast. I played it on uh, PS4 before, and now I've got it for Xbox. So uh, oh. I will have opinions, perhaps. I'm guessing it's identical. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's identical. Except cool, the cool. Xbox One has a big clunky controller attached to it. It's weird. Oh, shots fired. Hey-o, no, but you're totally right. PlayStation, I, as an Xbox One owner, PlayStation controller is way better. It's it's true. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. All right. But um, so we're excited. Uh, we got a special guest star coming in. Ben, do you want to say who that is? Shiva! Shiva Kamini! It's not Shiva. Shiva it? Kamini. It's the Shiva. 
No, that's not our guest star. Oh, Damn but that'd be a that'd great awesome. reveal. Uh, I'm be. saving that. Maybe I'll surprise you. Um, no, who's our guest? Our guest is Tyler. <laughs> yeah, he's good too. Uh, one of my best friends. He's king for of fantasy 10, 12 football. years now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. King of never winning fantasy football. Unlike king of it. brothers. He owns that trophy <laughs> yeah. of not yeah. having a trophy. By the way, I literally own. He's um, almost, almost out of doctor school. Almost, almost out. there. Just another year, and, and then we'll call him Doctor Tyler. Well, we can call him that now. Thing. He's in residency, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tyler Weaver will be on the podcast talking Star Wars stuff next month. He's excited. Uh, he's played the game a couple months ago, and he's playing it again, just like you. So you guys will be experts. I haven't played it yet, so I'm excited to, to play it for the first time. Speaking of talking Star Wars stuff, uh, let's have a really awkward conversation. Because yeah. we are a Star Wars fan par- podcast. We are a bunch of nerds. Uh, and so we've been preparing to have a conversation about Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. And just, you know, the short version is, uh, hey, Star Wars fans, don't be jerks. Don't be awful misogynists. Uh, and as we were getting ready to do that, we news came across that Chris Hardwick, King Nerd, is possibly a, Chris Hardwick or possibly, someone with all of his credentials and relationships. Possibly Chris Hardwick, yeah. allegedly, is a horrific misogynist. I think, uh, yeah, as my friend Seth called him accurately, psychopath. I, yeah, psychopath. Accurate. Yeah. Uh, I want to. I want to end with his his uh, encouragement to be good to each other. God damn it, oh, um, and just say. Chris, be good to each other. God damn it. Yeah, well said. It's a very simple rule. All right, so if you haven't heard about Chris, you can go read up on that on Medium. But it's it won't be a fun read, but it will change your opinion of him. And uh, so back to Kelly Marie Tran, the, yes. the person that we actually originally wanted to talk about. If you haven't heard the news, uh, she ended up canceling her Instagram account after being just harassed over and over and over by fans who did not like her contribution to uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah. I think I don't want to excuse. I was almost going to be like, I think it started out like this. It doesn't yeah. matter, right? No. I think a lot of it was was people saying like, I think the the character of Rose was problematic. I didn't like this, and and there they may have been some of that lumped in with the terrible, horrible, bad stuff that was um, bigoted and hateful. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think that it, it's tough as as fanboys, as proud fanboys, you and I, to be lumped in with those people, and it's it's tough to kind of say. We are not that. Although we love all the same stuff, right? We're we're different Star Wars fans, and those are not. I want to say like those aren't real fans. I, but I actually want to. I want to flip it and say we are. Okay, that. I'm going to claim it. Um, Fair. Okay, and and say this is this is me and me. You know, trying to speak against the people who are with me uh, yeah. and try to change minds because uh, when I first saw the Last Jedi, my least favorite character was Kelly Marie Trans. Um, and I had a conversation with Dom about it. I can't remember if this was on the podcast or just us chatting, but. One of the things, the first time I saw it, I took an inopportune bathroom break and missed her introduction and had to, so I, I, I didn't have a great sense of her character. And I, I always take that. That's like her best scene I'm too. Ridiculous. She's bawling and oh, it's oh so yeah. Good. And then I, I saw it again and she became one of my favorite characters. So, so I came around, but I had a really frank conversation with Dom about it, about saying, you know, how much of my dislike of her character is that she's not, she doesn't look like me. She's not a, right. you know, straight white dude, um, right. you know, I, and I'm not sure. You know, I, I have yeah. to question that. I'm not sure that's something that I can even be certain about. But I, I think it probably played into it somewhat. I'm more skeptical at kind of a gut level uh, than I should be of her as a character. Uh, now, I came around. It was not difficult. I just had to actually watch the scene she was introduced in. Right. Uh, I thought she was phenomenal in the movie. And uh, as I've rewatched the movie a few times, she's become one of my favorite characters in it. Yeah. Um, so I would say to all you fans, maybe rewatch the movie. Maybe uh, change your mind on, on that and be open to change your mind. But the other thing is... If you do not like a character, um, the actor who portrays that character 
is certainly not the person to attack because yes. uh, they don't necessarily make all the calls anyway. Um, attack Ryan Johnson. Maybe just don't attack anyone. Maybe oh, or, that's an option. May, maybe just don't like the movie. Um, right. Silently right. is fine. Um, you can even write thoughtful critiques of why you thought a performance was poor or why you didn't think this character added to it. That's that's fine. Uh, but the kind of stuff that was happening on her Instagram was completely out of line and reflects a deep misogyny within uh, fandom and within Star Wars fandom more particularly. And that's something that Star Wars fandom is famous for. And, and a lot of fandoms as, as kind of nerd culture has grown the last 10, 15 years into just being like a, a cool thing uh, is the idea that I love this thing so much. Let me tell you all the reasons I hate it and yes. why this is bad. Yeah. But by hating that, I'm hating something I love. So yep. maybe I should take myself out of the the bucket of people that really actually like this thing or love this thing. I don't own Star Wars. And for me to say I love Star Wars, but I hate these things, that's that's not love. That's Chris Hardwork love. Yeah. Think about the people, though, that you've been most angry at in your life, the people you've hated the most. And they're typically the people you love. Uh, you know, this hatred does come from a place of love, in a sense. But that can also easily get twisted. And that's sure. why you see... Things like Chris Hardwick, which is, I'm sure that if he talked about it, he would have said that he loved. uh, Right, right, right. And yet, that's not love. Right. So, humans are weird. You know, simple. We can get screwed up and love and hate and all that. However, that is no excuse for it. And so, yeah, there's a good place to to love Star Wars movies. Um, Don't let it get twisted. Uh, Say no to the dark side. Uh, That's corny AF. So, uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, your daughter does love you. And I know. Wife. Can you hear her in the background? <laughs> she, yeah. She she may not say it right now. Oh, no. She's not saying it's, it right It's now. her bedtime. But, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of love there. No, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go take care of that. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sing, yeah. sing her some lullabies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else we, we need to talk about that? Uh, no. I think you just got to get us out of here with our uh, our Twitters and etc. That's it, man. Yeah. Our, you can check out our website, menoflowmoralfiber.com. You can check out our sister podcast at theoverthink.com, where we have a bunch of podcasts, not only about video games, but also movies and music, mainly movies these days. Although, Jason does host a, a lovely Twin Peaks podcast, so you can check that out, too. Called What Exactly Am I Watching Here? Uh, with Dominic Lang. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at MomphPod, Instagram, Men of Low Moral Fiber, Facebook, Facebook.com, slash Men of Low Moral Fiber. And you can always email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you want us to play a specific game or, or talk about a specific subject, let us know. That's MomphPod at gmail.com, M-O-L-M-F-Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and our Patreon, if you want to support us uh, financially, we would really appreciate it and help us with our hosting, help us kind of pay for the time that we put into this and all that, our creative endeavors and all of our efforts. That's patreon.com slash M-O-L-M-F. Uh, I think that's all we have for you. As always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. And I am a mighty space pirate. And in all my years, I've only known dark Jedi. Never one from the light side. Somehow, I expected more. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you.